0: After the 2022 college football season, it was evident to me that Ryan Day needed to hire an offensive coordinator so that he could delegate his play-calling responsibilities and focus on being a CEO. Now, he promoted Brian Hartline from being the wide receivers coach to passing game coordinator, and then to the offensive coordinator. But it was very clear in the 2023 football season that Ryan Day was back to calling the plays. Brian Hartline, I don't think, had enough experience, and Ryan Day, especially in bigger games, couldn't trust Brian Hartline to call plays, and that's very understandable. Well, after this season, where the offense didn't look properly developed, the offensive line was poorly prepared, the wide receiver core didn't reach its ceiling, I don't even think Kyle McCord was fully developed or reached his ceiling. Really, it was running back who performed close to my expectations when healthy, and they still weren't healthy, and at tight end, Cade Stover exceeded my expectations. Tight end was probably the only position that exceeded or met my preseason expectations for Ohio State's offense. Maybe the preseason expectations were too high, but with the amount of talent that Ohio State has on offense, with the amount of football acumen that Ryan Day has for play calling, that Justin Fry has at the offensive line position, that Brian Hartline has for developing, recruiting, and scheming wide receivers, being an NFL and Ohio State wide receiver himself, this offensive performance was inexcusable this season. And it all culminated into a 3-14 loss in the Cotton Bowl against Missouri, where I know Kyle McCord was out, I know that Devin Brown got injured early, and I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. opted out sort of last minute, but the offensive line looked like trash. It literally was like watching diarrhea be sprayed on a wall. It was not good, and the run game was stymied. Henderson was doing everything he could, but Ryan Day's play calling and a poor preparation along the offensive line, and I also think Lincoln Kynholz looking the way he did could signal the poor quarterback development this season, all those things combined into a great defensive effort being wasted. And now I think it's time that Ryan Day has to go out and he has to find a legitimate offensive coordinator, someone who can not only call plays and dial up clutch fourth down conversion calls, for example or someone who can take over a game, who can diagnose the best defenses in the country, and do what Ryan Day did against Georgia in the Peach Bowl in 2022 on a semi-regular basis. Because it seems like this year and at times in 2022, Ryan Day lost some of that play-calling pixie dust that he had. But also an offensive coordinator who will probably be hired to coach a certain position, and he can coach that position well. So that's what we're going to be doing today. That was a long introduction, but I think it was needed because this has been a season of Big Ten football that looked strong at times, but for now in the New Year Six has been disappointing. We'll see what Michigan does in the Rose Bowl. And in particular for Ohio State, this has been a season where there was so much promise at times, but at the end of the day, an 11-2 and season, honestly, is a disappointment by Ohio State standards. So... Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. Before we dive deep and before I give you six names for an offensive coordinator that I think would fit well at Ohio State, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I produce more Ohio State football content, when I release a video later today detailing my final thoughts on the college football playoff matchups, and when I go live for the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, between Alabama and Michigan and Texas and Washington, respectively, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 8.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be live reviewing, giving play-by-play and color commentary on the playoff games. And lastly, comment your thoughts down below. Give me some names that you think would perform well at Ohio State as offensive coordinator and also coaching another position who could handle that responsibility, and who someone who they could trust, having a proven resume, or having similar offensive styles or preferences. And if you want to support the channel, check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the pinned comment. Now let's get down to business. So I came up with names, two of them from the group of five, three of them, I believe, are currently at the power five, and One is someone who has really close ties to the Chip Kelly school, and someone who hasn't been employed this season, but someone who was a great offensive coordinator, and also someone who actually coached wide receivers how to block. And I think that's something that has been missing, as Zach Smith has pointed out at times on his podcast. So, Let's get down to business. We're going to go in alphabetical order. So this isn't, you know, who I think would be the worst fit to the best fit or any order like that. It's just alphabetical. So who has whose first name starts at the beginning of the alphabet or the closest to that? That's Brennan Marion. Brennan Marion spent the 2023 season as the offensive coordinator at UNLV. The Rebels scored 34.3 points per game. This is before the bowl games, by the way, and that wasn't exactly intentional, but in retrospect, it helps because of all the opt-outs that occur in bowl games, all the transfers. You really, unless you're playing in the college football playoff, you get a better picture of the teams and how they function in the regular season instead of the postseason right now. That's something that's broken about college football, and I might do a video on that in the future about how the postseason in college football outside of the playoff is totally busted. But The Rebels scored close to five touchdowns per game, and they gained over 400 yards per game, which is more successful than this year's Ohio State offense that scored barely north of 30 points per game and didn't have over 400 yards per game. Marion's offense leans run. They scored 2.8 rushing touchdowns per game and rushed for nearly 40 attempts per game, but they were also efficient at passing. UNLV last year was not a good football team, to be frank. They weren't. But this season... They went 9-5. This includes their bowl game. They went 6-3 in the Mountain West, appeared in the Mountain West championship game, and they didn't have a good defense. They had the 89th scoring defense, this factoring in the bowl performance, allowing 28.6 points per game. And in factoring in the bowl performance, they scored 34.4 points per game because they put up a good offensive effort against Kansas. But Kansas, with Jason Bean and with most of their players not opting out, just has an awesome offense. That's something with Penn State is James Franklin. You saw this in the Peach Bowl. Terrible game manager. Like, why didn't you go for it on 4th and 1? Why did you try a field goal on 4th and 17 when, look, Ole Miss's defense, Penn State put up similar yardage against Ole Miss that Georgia did. The difference is Georgia actually has the players to cash it in in the end zone. And they have, you know, a better offensive line. And also a defense that can hold Ole Miss to doing nothing, which I think Penn State's would have if Manny Diaz was the coordinator and they didn't have opt-outs. You can see how the postseason is broken in the Ole Miss-Penn State Peach Bowl and also the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State. By the way, impressive win for Georgia regardless. Winning a game by 60 points is epic regardless of your opponent. But Penn State made an elite hire of Andy Kotelnicki. And Ohio State needs to make a hiring, maybe not exactly to that level, but close. And I think Marion, much like Nicky, is a name that is rising through the ranks. I think someone is going to be picking up Brennan Marion rather soon. As a Michigan fan myself, if Sharon Moore is hired as a head coach somewhere after this season, you know who I would want? Brennan Marion, because they lean run, they use two running backs, they attack you with the line of scrimmage, and Ohio State needs a physical ground game with an elite passing offense, and Marion isn't only focused on the run, his scheme clearly is about have two running backs who are good, be versatile in the ground game, but also have a vertical passing threat, at least one vertical deep threat wide receiver. And Ohio State can provide that. They recruit well on offense. Marion with those weapons would be phenomenal. They rushed for 4.5 yards per carry, and they passed for 239 yards per game, and Jaden Mavia, their best quarterback this season, averaged nearly nine yards per pass attempt. I think Marion is a great name. He also is an elite coach for wide receivers. We saw this at Pittsburgh. And we saw this at Texas, and we saw this at UNLV this season when Ricky White, who before this year was known for torching Michigan in 2020 with MSU and that's it, was a 1,000-yard receiver. So Marion would also help heartline with the wide receivers and draw up amazing offensive game plans. So Brennan Marion is one of my six options, and Isaac Newland is my other group of five option. Isaac Newland and Brennan Marion both come from the group of five. Newland, this is intriguing, because Willie Korn was listed as the main OC for Liberty, but Isaac Newland, I did a little bit of digging, he was the primary play caller. This, this guy has to be some kind of genius, because Liberty is rushing for over 300 yards per game, and I don't care that they're playing a weak strength of schedule, that's impressive. He schemed with Caden Salter, and I don't know a ton about Liberty football, but Caden Salter is a top-five quarterback in terms of QBR per ESPN. Liberty averaged 6.1 yards per carry and three rushing touchdowns per game. I mean, think 2022 Michigan offense. Think about that. Imagine what Ohio State could do with that type of trench presence— with that type of play calling to where your run game is insane, and then think about Carnell Tate and think about Emeka Egbuka, who I expect to return next season. That would be beautiful. That would be incredible. In fact, you could have a legendary offense with that type of system without having a Heisman-caliber quarterback. As long as you had good trench play and your run game was that strong, and you still had great receivers and tight ends, you could have Devin Brown or Lincoln Kineholz as quarterback as long as they were developed to playing at a good, great level. They wouldn't need to be a C.J. Stroud to command an offense that's scoring over 40 points per game and bashing their opponents. Newland was the co-OC of Liberty, but their primary play caller, the Flames, scored 48 point, pardon me, points per game, thinking over 500 yards per game. And... Maybe Ohio State can also bring Caden Salter along with Newland. You hire Newland, you offer Salter this massive NIL deal. He comes to a school that has a reputation of pumping out NFL quarterbacks as of late, and he gets to have his play caller call his plays and scheme with him. So there's some familiarity there. An elite rushing attack for OSU would pay huge dividends. Now, Newland's offense is run heavy. It's not leaning run like Brennan Marion's. It's run heavy. The Flames average nearly 50 rushing attempts per game. 50. That's a lot. And Liberty, much like UNLV, also played in a weaker conference. That's the risk of sometimes going to the group of five, is these are rising coordinators, and I think both Newland and and Marion. I think everyone on this list would be anywhere from a great to a lead offensive coordinator. I did my research, but there, there is some risk, because the Big Ten, like the SEC, and really like any other conference, does have its play style and its niches that you have to adapt to. But I think all these coordinators, Isaac Newland, of course, and Brennan Marion, and the other four that we're going to be talking about in the next few minutes, can certainly adapt. Rushing for nearly 50 attempts per game, Liberty only passed for about 20 attempts per game, so they spoon-fed Salter. Salter had 266 passing attempts for 2,750 yards, 31 touchdowns, 5 picks, a 182.4 passer rating, and he also had 1,000 rushing yards. What you'd essentially be getting with Newland, if you somehow brought Caden Salter along with him, is you'd be getting Justin Fields... You'd be getting an offensive coordinator who knows how to run the football. Now, of course, this is just offensive coordinator. This isn't the fact that Ohio State may need a new O-line coach and Justin Fry may need to get fired. This also doesn't factor in that I think strength and conditioning for Ohio State is a massive problem. They're always injured. They're never at 100%. I think Mickey Marotti, I think the game is past him, to be quite frank. But Isaac Newland is my second out of six coordinators that I think Ohio State could go after and coordinators that I think would fit well. His offense is run heavy, rushes for 50 attempts per game, and I don't think these statistics could be replicated to their highest level in the Big Ten, but averaging over 200 rushing yards per game and over four, five yards per carry with also an efficient passing game would be great. And maybe you can bring Caden Salter as well. Next up, this is probably the worst option in the video, but I just wanted to shoot it out there because of his past success at North Carolina. And he's familiar with the Big Ten. He's been coaching in for a year, and Wisconsin at times had to totally shift to a complete ground and pound with their limited talent. Phil Longo from Wisconsin. The Badgers only scored 22.8 points per game, and that sucks. They gained close to 400 yards per game on the ground, about the same amount of yardage per game as Ohio State, scoring in the regular season almost two less touchdowns because Tanner Mordecai was not good, their passing game was very inconsistent, and their offensive line and also their running back room was dinged up. It was year one, though. That's what you have to remember. Year one of Luke Fickle taking over for what was, at the end of the day, a broken Paul Christ system. Phil Longo, was at Wisconsin in 2023, as I've mentioned before. He runs a balanced version of the air raid offense, passing for about 36 attempts per game and rushing for about 35. That's pretty even-steven. And his success came from 2021 and 2022 at North Carolina, where whether it was Sam Howell or whether it was Drake May, his offenses could run the football, they could pass the football, And they did this without an amazing offensive line. In fact, with what I would say was a pretty poor offensive line by Big Ten standards. And North Carolina still had 35.2 points per game in 2021, which is the 19th scoring offense. And in 2022, they scored 34.4 points per game, which was the 26th scoring offense. And, And these were with defenses that were outside of the top 100 in scoring in both seasons. Phil Longo comes to Ohio State and has Jim Knowles, one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. You're going to get a lot more possessions. You're not going to have the same pressure on you. And pressure can be good. You know, pressure molds diamonds. But also, if you have too much pressure on you, you're going to break because everyone is a breaking point. Every system, every offense has a breaking point. And Phil Longo's offenses too often were pushed to their breaking point in 21 and 22. And at times this season, with the limitations they had on their side of the ball, and that Mike Tressel was also rebuilding on defense for Wisconsin, Longo had better results at UNC, North Carolina, in 21 and 22. and Ohio State, Devin Brown and Lincoln Kynals did not look amazing this season, but they have the talent that is closer to a Sam Howell or Drake May than let's say, a Braden Locke, Tanner Mordecai, or Nick Evers, the quarterbacks at Wisconsin. Ohio State could use an innovative schemer and play caller. And yes, I do think Longo is an innovative schemer and play caller. I know that sometimes I can be very recency biased on this channel, as I think that, you know, for example, counting Jimbo Fisher's 2013 national title and saying that's the reason he's a top-ten head coach is asinine. At some point that was a decade or half a decade ago, and you have to look at the here and now. But 21 and 22 were only two or three years ago. This is still in the decade of the 2020s, and he was rebuilding last year. So at the same time that I have my doubts on this one, and I do think that Brennan Marion and Isaac Newland would be better hires than Phil Longo, I do think Longo does have a proven resume. He's an innovator. And at UNC, he... Managed his quarterbacks well and managed offenses well while not necessarily having great offensive line play. And that takes skill and that takes innovation. Next up, we have Ryan Grubb. Now, Ryan Grubb, this would be a phenomenal hire, but he might be the least likely to get. And this video is operating off of the premise that Ryan Day will make the necessary move, in my mind, and hire an actual offensive coordinator. Brian Hartline. Because he's already the OC, you'd probably just have to make him the co-OC. Maybe he can, you know, he can intervene at times and offer ideas, but he can't manage the play calling. And that way, he can still make a ton of money. He can be a part of the staff. I'm just saying that Heartline, I don't think, is the answer. And I don't think Day is either, but I just wanted to make that clear. Ryan Grubb, meanwhile in collaboration with Kalen DeBoer, has built an offensive machine. Now, they don't always light up the scoreboard. Washington at times has looked very fake this season, same with last season. But when they're operating at peak efficiency, this is the best offense in the country. They have an injury to Cameron Davis at running back, who I thought was going to be a stud this season, and Dylan Johnson just casually ran for 1,000 yards and averaged over 5 yards per carry. Why? Because their offensive line is that good. And Grubb is not the O-line coach, but he schemes Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan to be wide open and to be in the best position to score points every play. Having an OC that could put Ohio State's receivers, who... They have the most talented receiver group in the country, thanks to Brian Hartline's recruiting, and putting those receivers in positions to win would be critical. Ryan Grubb, basically what he would do, in my mind, is he would change Ohio State's offense to be more like their 2021 offense. And I think that was one of the mistakes of Ryan Day, was changing the offense of Ohio State after the 2021 loss to Michigan. You didn't need to change the offense. You needed a better O-line coach. That's why Greg Strudwara was fired, and that was a good move. But you didn't need to change the schematics. That offense, was, that offense would have beaten any defense in the country. Same with 2021 Georgia. And they would have scored more against Michigan if Michigan's offense hadn't controlled T.O.P. and ran the football down your throat. And look... And also, if you had a better offensive line, if Ohio State's 2021 team had the 2022 O-line, they might have scored an extra touchdown or maybe converted another critical third down or held up better against Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo that season. I think that was one of the worst mistakes that they made, is forcing the run in 22 and also this season when it's clearly not there. Going away from the strengths of your roster, which is being pass-heavy. Even with Kyle McCord, just maybe make it short and intermediate throws and emphasize protection. He was a good passer. Elite passer, no, but good passer. And I think that was a mistake. And I think that Ryan Grubb would bring some familiarity and excite Ohio State football, not just the fans, but more importantly, the staff and the players, by bringing back, not entirely because Grubb's going to run his own system, but an offense that leans pass that scores nearly three passing touchdowns per game that's number one in passing yards per game and an offense that is still effective at running the football they're not run heavy but they're effective at running the football I mean, they're averaging over five yards per carry with dylan johnson overall on the ground they're averaging 4.5 yards per carry that's better than michigan that's better than alabama that's better the only team that's averaging more than that in the college football playoff right now is Texas. And currently they wouldn't be averaging that because Jonathan Brooks is dinged up, sadly. They rush for 28 attempts per game about, they pass for 37 attempts per game. This is an elite offense. They have an elite offensive line, Washington does. They had that last season as well. And they have a pass-heavy, more traditional type of air raid. The Buckeyes need a physical offensive line. You could probably pull Washington's offensive line coach, or at least try to get him to to come over to Ohio State and remove Justin Fry, if you think that's necessary, and that combined with an NFL-level passing offense, I think would be a blast to the past, to the 2021 season. And that 2021 offense, with this 2023 defense, that would be the best team in the country. Probably. I don't know that for certain, but I think that the 2021 offense— paired with this year's Jim Knowles defense, would probably beat Michigan in Ann Arbor in in the way that Michigan played in that game. And, and as a Michigan fan, it almost hurts for me to say, because it's me saying that a team that I think right now is number one in the country wouldn't be number one in the country in different circumstances. But that's that's the price of being objective, is you realize whether it's your own team— Or maybe a team you're not a fan of, but a team that you admire. If if you change a few things, they're no longer the best team in the country. Or different things happen, and maybe the whole playoff situation is different. Football is a game of inches. It is a dance of matchups. And Ryan Grubb is effective at... He's just effective at creating matchups that favor his offense. So I think he would be an excellent hire. This one... Now this is, in the same way that Isaac Newland and Brendan Marion are from the group of five, and that Ryan Grubb's a blast to the past, and that Phil Longo is taking a risk on his resume and ignoring the past year, Scott Frost is the total Chip Kelly school pipeline. Scott Frost was the wide receivers coach under Chip Kelly, and the offensive coordinator under Mark Helfrich at Oregon in 2013, and 2014 and 2015. In all of those seasons, Scott Frost had a top five scoring offense. Top five. And Marcus Mariota in 2013 and 14. In 2015, I forget who the quarterback's names were, but they were nowhere near as good as Marcus Mariota. Still put, still put up yards, still put up over 40 points per game. I think the average scoring offense in Oregon those three years was forty-five points per game. Top five scoring offense says in 2013, 14, and 15. And Oregon is the OC. And at 2017, at UCF, they've the number one scoring offense in the country and they beat an Auburn team in the Peach Bowl that held Alabama to 14 points. And they scored over 30 points on that Auburn team. Scott Frost did not work out as a head coach. He's not ready to be a power five head coach. But He's an excellent Power 5 offensive coordinator, and he's an excellent wide receivers coach too. I mean, he made Oregon's wide receivers physical, and they could block, and that's why Oregon could run that spread option so effectively, is their wide receivers were just awesome at blocking, they had raw athleticism, speed unlike anything else. You could also say to a certain degree that if the game hasn't passed Scott Frost by, and that is another risk of hiring him as an offensive coordinator— Scott Frost's offense could be somewhat of a blast to the past, to Urban Meyer's spread option, where you have wide receivers that probably aren't as good at being NFL pass catchers, but they're, they're more like NFL blockers, and you have that ridiculous speed that you had with like Terry McLaurin, for example, at Ohio State. He spent the 2023 season unemployed after he was fired by Nebraska in 2022 for posting a 16-31 and record. And again, top five offenses in four seasons in the 2010s. Defenses have adapted absolutely, but Frost would also operate with more talent than he ever had at Oregon or UCF. And every one of these OCs would be working with Ryan Day. They could game plan with Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day situationally, like we've seen against George in 2022, can draw up elite game plans. He he should still be involved in the offense to a certain degree, but not. he shouldn't be headfirst deep in the pool. He should be willing to go into the pool, maybe dive into the pool to save his offense when it's just not working out in a specific game, but to be the play caller every week is too much. It's absolutely too much to have to motivate the team, to have to play call for the team, to have to substitutions, make sure everything is functioning, functioning, not functionaling, that's a weird gaff. functioning properly, and to call the plays, and to coach the quarterbacks. That's all too much. And Frost, much like Marion, has an excellent track record at working with receivers. So Ohio State's receiver core, it was great this season, but I think Washington's, I think Washington's was better. And that doesn't come after watching the Cotton Bowl. That comes after rethinking how the 2023 season went. Washington had the much, not just the better wide receiver core, their wide receiver core was better by a good margin. Not this huge margin, but a sizable margin. And Ohio State should pounce on and the la- I think the lack of development at times in the wide receiver, they should pounce on that before it gets bad, like the offensive line. And I think bringing in Frost or Marion would help. Or even Ryan Grubb, who's really good at scheming receivers, and scheming receivers and helping them do their job will help them develop overall. So that's option number five is Scott Frost. I have one more name. The name of probably the second best offense overall this season on an average, average basis. I think Washington or LSU playing at their ceiling has the best offense in the country by a mile. But this offense was dominant. In fact, it was so dominant that it convinced me that they were going to reach the college football playoff, even with some questions on their defense, and that they could win it all. And this is Oregon. Will Stein, offensive coordinator at Oregon this season, previously the offensive coordinator at UTSA, where he helped develop Frank Harris into being a top 25 quarterback, and UTSA was humming offensively. The Ducks scored 44.2 points per game, and this number will probably increase after they likely beat Liberty handily in the Fiesta Bowl, and they gained 526.6 yards per game. Stein runs a quarterback-friendly because he's proven with developing quarterbacks. Bo Nix took a step forward this season. He helped develop Frank Harris, who then didn't take a nosedive, but certainly regressed this season. And the offense is also balanced. The Ducks average 7.5 yards per play. And every time they gain about 12 yards, they score a point. And they score .606 points per play. These are all numbers that, from what I understand, are in the top five or top ten. Elite offense, an offense that has, like Washington, an elite offensive line, except I think that Oregon has more consistent quarterback play. They have better running backs. I think Washington is the edge at wide receiver, tight end, and of course, offensive line. We knew that after they played Oregon again and dominated them in the line of scrimmage. Ohio State could use an offensive coordinator who's also a great developer at quarterback because that would take another responsibility away from Ryan Day. Now Ryan Day doesn't have to oversee quarterback or play calling much at all. Maybe he can intervene, offer advice, and and occasionally take over, but now you're knocking out two birds with one stone, hiring Will Stein. He can work with the quarterbacks and be phenomenal at calling plays, And Oregon and Washington, something that I loved about them this season, is they're joining the Big Ten in 2024, which tomorrow will be 2024, but they're joining the Big Ten in the 2024-2025 academic year. And Oregon and Washington, outside of maybe Oregon State when Jonathan Smith was engaged, those are the three most Big Ten-ready programs. And two of them are actually joining the Big Ten. Like Washington and Oregon, their trench play offensively, but also defensively, makes them ready to come into the Big Ten and compete immediately for a conference title. And if Oregon beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, I'm telling you, that team, with a month to prepare, with Will Stein, Dan Lanning, Tosh Lupoy, that would be... Scary, with their offensive and defensive talent. I think that Stein would be a great fit. QB friendly. The offense for Oregon is balanced. Oregon this season, and also last season, I think more so last season because they were more run-heavy last year, reminded me of the Chip Kelly offenses. They did. And those offenses were insanely athletic, they were hard to stop. They were intimidating. And what killed Oregon last season was their defense. Their defense was 75th scoring. Their 10th scoring this season. And their offense is second, only behind Liberty in scoring points per game. They rushed for 31 attempts per game. They passed for 36 attempts per game. They rushed for 183.8 yards per game almost 6 yards per carry, and they average 2.5 rushing touchdowns per game. Bo Nix this year averaged 9.5 yards per pass attempt, 11.1 yards, average yards adjusted per attempt, which that is a system where you get an additional 20 yards per touchdown and negative 45 yards per interception. So it's just like a weird adjustment system. Nix at a 182 about passer rating, and I think that Stein would help develop Devin Brown develop Lincoln kind holes. you'd have an offense that not only the quarterback play increases, but it's well-schemed, because at UTSA, the Roadrunners could run the football effectively. And Stein has worked with mobile quarterbacks like Bo Nix and Frank Harris. What Devin Brown and Lincoln kind holes could use is someone who knows how to work with their athleticism. I think that's something that Ryan Day didn't do well with C.J. Stroud. And part of that was probably C.J. Stroud's own desire to not run the football. But Stroud, we saw in the bowl game against Georgia, when he used his legs, Georgia's defense was helpless. And that helped keep Ohio State in that game and was a big reason why, in my mind, they should have won that game. Stetson Bennett nearly threw a few interceptions. You had that falling over by Lathan Ransom on Arian Smith. And Noah Ruggles is, I mean, he rarely shanks a kick. And he did. And if Stroud was able to run like that against Georgia, and he did that against Michigan in 2022, maybe the outcome's radically different, for example. Or maybe he's that, I don't know, I don't want to get too much into hypotheticals, but Stein's a great option. All of these offensive coordinators, in my mind, would improve Ohio State's offense from where it's at right now. Ohio State has too much talent to be scoring just over 30 points per game on the season. And they have too much talent, even with their third-string quarterback, and even with Marvin Harrison Jr. opting out. You still have your entire offensive line. You have Kate Stover. You have Emeka Igbuka. You have young receivers who'd be starting in almost any other offense in the country. And you have Travion Henderson. You have too much talent to be scoring three points in a bowl game. And three points nonetheless in one quarter and then being shut out for the remaining four. And having several opportunities where you get in Mizzou territory and you get sacked, you have to punt, or you run horrific play calls. Like, run, two-yard gain. Run, four-yard tackle for loss. Or maybe it was two-yard tackle for loss, two-yard tackle for for loss. I think it was two TFLs near the end zone. And then QB sneak to give the quarterback an extra half-yard to punt. That is pathetic. It's time for change. It's absolutely time for change. After 2022, you just had to see where it was going to go, because there was new members on the staff, and the offense was still good. Well, after this season, the defensive staff doesn't need any changing. They don't. Not one bit. They need better strength and conditioning. Maybe, maybe because of disappointment at the defensive line, Larry Johnson, maybe he needs some help, but... I think the defensive staff is perfect. Johnson's still recruiting and Jack Sawyer looked good this season. Like Larry Johnson developed him well. He was great. Exceeded my expectations for sure. But on the offensive side of the ball, there need to be there needs to be change. Parker Fleming, I think he needs to go and I think strength and conditioning needs to be observed under the microscope as well. Thank you all so much for watching this video on why I think Ohio State needs to hire an offensive coordinator and my six candidates for Ohio State's offensive coordinator position. Thanks to Crash2488 for sponsoring this video as a Heisman patron. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst for sponsoring this video as an All-American patron. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Calendar, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zuman Za for sponsoring this video as an All-Conference patron. Have a phenomenal day, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye-bye.